0: Hi, I'm Pastor Nick with Grace Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us in our online service. If you're interested, we also offer in-person service every Sunday morning at 1030. We have Wednesday night activities for youth, kids, and college age every Wednesday at 6 o'clock. And there's food there. So, now, let's see what the pastor has to say. Not for a moment will you forsake me. That's the truth and that's the promise of a personal relationship with a loving God who knows us and cares for us individually. Uh, That's the message of salvation that comes to us through Jesus Christ. That's the hope that is the essence of what Grace Baptist Church is all about, recognizing that we have a God who loves us and cares for us. James seeks to do the same thing in his short epistle and he calls us to understand what that relationship we have with him is all about. It's about a personal relationship. And it doesn't mean that things are going to always go right for us, but what it means is that he's always there for us through those circumstances. Last Sunday, uh, we ended our journey with James uh, and him telling us in James 1:17 and 18, uh, these words. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. Who does not change like the sifting shadows he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all creation god is a giver of good good gifts god is a giver of love god is a rock god is the world in a world full of sifting sand god is the god that is always there god offers us new birth through that personal relationship we have and it comes to us through the word that is his in James 1:19 through 27 we see that message lived out it's a message of what it means for us to live in a world that's full of problems a world that's full of troubles despairs and disappointments a world that we struggle with and that's the message that Ron just shared with you just a moment ago and I hope if you don't have your Bibles open do that we don't have it on the screen uh, but you surely have a Bible I believe y'all help me now I think are there Bibles in the pews in front of you I think they're, they're, they're not. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry. Maybe we need to take care of that too, but we'll see. Uh, there's a message that uh, James has for us, and Ron shared, I've heard my whole life, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Uh, there's a message that's there for each of us today to understand what it means to deal with the circumstances that we face in life, sometimes when there are difficulties. It's hard for me to remember what Christ would have me do Now, think about why God would share this message with us. If the message was for everyone, it would be different. But this message is not for everyone. If you look back in that first verse of James in your Bible, you'll see. This is to the church that's been scattered by persecution, by problems, by difficulties. And there's a message that God has for them, and it comes through James. And that is, there's a constant in this world. People are not constant. The weather is not constant, the circumstances that we find ourselves in are not constant, the government is not constant, Uh, the, the weather is not constant, but we have a God who is constant and He seeks to guide us and direct us through all of life's difficulties. When there are sifting sands that are all around us, He reminds us He is the rock and He calls us, as we talked about last week, to build our house not upon the shifting sands But if on the rock, that is Jesus Christ. And in him we find solace during difficulty. In him we find strength during trials. I want you to think for just a second about what would happen, would happen in our lives if each one of us who are here today were truly listening to what James has called us to. If we were, in fact, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. How many broken homes would there not be that have come as a result of Facebook or Twitter or Instagram? How many problems would there be with family members where there's arguments over petty things that become huge things? How many problems would there not be if we took those words that James shares with us directly from God's heart that we would truly listen? I can hear that. I've seen that, I've experienced that. Have you ever had a child come up to you, I have, who wants to be sure that they have your attention? I can tell you, and you know exactly what they do. I'm looking down here at parents who have experienced this recently. Here comes. My microphone doesn't like this at all, but isn't that it? With those little bitty hands, I've had my face pointed, and that tells me something. I'm not listening, they think. I want you to listen now. In the life of our church, this is one of those occasions. I want you to listen, God tells us. I want you to listen and know what I'm about. Listen to me, follow me, trust me, and your life, our lives as believers should change because of that difference that Christ brings in our lives. We talked last week about the organic nature of the way that James does things, and you kind of see that. Listen to it again, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. He builds on things that tells us what our direction is to be and how we are to be living, but he did the same thing last week in James chapter 1, verses 3 through 4. Look at this. He talks to us about what it means for us to deal with difficulty. The testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and lacking in nothing. Do you hear that message? It's pretty simple, that troubles are going to come. What should they result in in our lives? They should result in growth. That through the difficulties that we face, we become stronger in our relationship with Jesus Christ, not weaker. That we are affirmed of God's presence in our life and reminded of His presence, just as Carrie Ann saying to us just a moment ago, about the fact that He will never leave us or forsake us. That he is there for us through those difficulties. And we wonder, oh, how am I going to deal with this? There is one way that we deal with the difficulties that face our lives. And that is, as believers, we turn right to the Savior. And we grab him by the face and we say, Lord, I'm struggling with this. Help me with this right now. That's the message that James shares with us in verses 3 through 4. But he doesn't stop there. He talks to us about how we face those difficulties That come to us, those trials, those temptations. Look at verses 14 through 15. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. Then after every desire has been conceived it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown gives birth to death. That is the nature of every person that is in this room. It's a part of who we are and how we have been created. It is not God, James goes on to tell us. God doesn't tempt us. And who do we want to blame? I want to blame the enemy, All right, I want to blame Satan. I want to say it's all, what was it Flip Wilson said? The devil made me do it, right? He couldn't have been any more than wrong. James tells us very clearly no. Did you hear what he says? Listen to it one more time. By his own Evil desires. Not Satan's desires, but what I want, what I see, what I think I need to have right now. That is the source of the problems in our lives. That's the source that we need to leave behind. But now in verses 19 through 21, we're called to listen to what Jesus calls us to listen to, and that is to him. James calls these people that he loves, dear brothers. Uh, The word is basically agape with a toast on the end of it. Agape is what it is. That means a Christ-like love. He loves these people as his children. That's the same relationship God seeks to have with each one of us, that we would understand the price that he has paid for us through his son, but that he loves us in that same way. I love seeing babies in the congregation. You need to know that. We've got two of them, at least two of them. There may be others that are here this morning. And I love the fact that he calls us to trust him The same way those children trust their parents to be fed, to be bathed, to be cleansed, to be nurtured, to be protected. And God seeks in our lives to understand that is what he seeks to do with and for us through all eternity because of the love that he has for us. There's a problem, though, you didn't hear it when Ron shared it to us just a minute ago, and that problem is is that we think we can achieve our righteousness by other means. There are other things that we can do. And he says this very very quickly. I think James reminds us. He says, be quick to listen to what God's Word says. Think about how we respond to the truth of God's Word in our lives. Don't become angry, shutting down when the truth of God calls us to change. But the problem in my life is... I think sometimes the way I seek people to come to Christ is by pointing out the problems that they have. Now, know y'all have gotten used to this after nine months. Bob, you stand up and do that every Sunday morning. I would tell you this. You know where these messages begin? Not with Karen, even though she is the butt of a lot of the problems that I have. No, that's not right. She's the butt of a lot of my illustrations. You know where it begins? It begins with my mouth, all right? It begins with, thank you, Chris, you don't need to. Chris is back there going, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. It it does begin, it all begins with me, doesn't it? And James is already, Don't you don't have to, no amens on that one. But the message is pretty simple. It all begins in our hearts. There's a call for us to recognize what we need to do, to recognize God's love for us. And he says, James says this, look at verse 20. Again, chapter 1 in James, for a man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. If you find yourself this morning being angry with everybody and mad at everybody for the way that everybody does everything, it's probably time for you or for me to stop and look in the mirror. James is going to talk about that in just a minute. Look in the mirror and see where the problem really comes from. It doesn't come from those around us. It comes through our lives. And so there's a call that James has for us in James 1.21. Look at that passage. Get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent. Who is James talking to? Do you understand that? He's talking to the church. These are not non-believers. And listen to what he says. Get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. There is something that can change us. And it's not our desires, it's not our efforts, it is the truth of God living through our lives. That is what changes us, and it is the Word of God. And the message behind Jesus is that He is the Word. The message that He shares with us is His presence in our lives. There's a call for us to recognize that relationship. And James call, James calls us to get rid of all that old stuff, like taking off a, a rag that you've worn or a shirt that's all torn up. And now Karen's thinking about I'm going to talk about that, but I'll never let her throw them away. I just keep wearing them. But we don't want to do that, do we? We want to hang on to those things because that was the that was the jersey I wore when I was in high school. Uh, that was a shirt I got that I've had for 20 45 years now, and it's my favorite shirt. But it has holes in it, but it doesn't make any difference. It's dear to me. What does James tell us? He says, get rid of it. Oh, I'm going to hear this when I get home, too. We're, we're gonna, Bob, we're going to clean out your closet, all right? But, but you understand In each of our lives the first thing I want to do when there's a problem that goes on in the world around me is I want to look at other people's lives and I want to be the one who judges them and says you know what you need to change your life there's a message that God has for me this morning and that is I don't need to ever I don't need to look any further than that reflection I get in the mirror every day it needs to be a change in my life, a change in my attitude, a change in my perspective of those people around me, and that I would never forget what Christ has called me to, what Christ has called each one of us to. We heard this at our annual meeting yesterday. There's a message, pretty simple. Paul gave this message to Timothy. One word, two words, three words. Preach the word. But the word that Paul uses is not preacher. It's about what we are about, that we would communicate that message, that every one of us in this room would be about sharing the difference that Jesus Christ has shared with us, and that our lives, our testimonies would be, this was my life before Christ, this is my life now, and this is the life I have to come, and it is all because of him. That is the message that James is trying to share with us. That's the message that Paul sought to share with Timothy, and I believe it's the message that God shares with us. There are all kinds of problems that we have trying to deal with how we do things, but there's a parable that Jesus shared. Remember Matthew 13, if you want to turn, I'll try to do it quick, because uh, I thought I don't need to do all this, but you know it. Uh, Jesus talks about the sower, goes out. Where's the first place that the seed falls? It falls along the path. You remember that? What happens? The birds come along and eat it up. The disciples ask Jesus later, what's all this mean? Jesus says that's what it is. Sometimes the word is shared and you don't even get a chance to have it grow. Because there's so many other things in your mind that they're gobbled up. And You may be here this morning and you don't know what a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is all about. And you just shut down and you say, okay, that's enough. He keeps going. He keeps saying the same thing over and over. That's what Jesus is saying. That's what happens to some people. There are other people who hear the word. And when they hear it, they go, they're moved by God's spirit. This is right. And they they say, God, man, this is fantastic. Thank you for what you've done. What's the illustration that Jesus gives? Some of it lands where? In the rocky soil. What happens to that plant as it begins to grow? It's in those shallow, rocky places. And as it grows, it only gets so far because it's not able to get the sustenance that it needs, and so it withers and dies. Some of the seeds fall among the thorns. What do the thorns do? They grow up around it. Jesus tells another parable about that, about the parable of the, Enemy that sows the seeds in the field. And what does he say? Don't dig them up. Don't pull them out. Because what you might do is you might take some of the good stuff with the bad stuff. God will take care of that for us. God will take care of those situations and circumstances. There's a message that he shares there that tells us about where we are. As we see the difficulties. It's not my place to deal with condemning anyone it's my realization that that those people I'm the only one that God can condemn that I can do anything about and I need to recognize that if I'm doing something I know God would not have me do I need to stop doing it I need to ask forgiveness from him first and then I ask forgiveness from those that I've sinned against Does that sound familiar to you that's God's call but I got to get the good one <laughs> Some of the seeds fall where? In the good soil. A hundredfold. Sixtyfold. Thirtyfold. And it may be that your life this morning, you're looking at it and you're thinking, wait a minute, I'm not producing anything. If you're not producing anything, James says, get to it. Listen to what God has said. Be a doer of the word. I'm getting ahead of myself now. Not a hearer only. Don't just sit and wait for something to happen, but be about acting on God's call for you. We see that message lived out as James shares with us. Jesus ends that, I would tell you, Jesus ends that parable with these words. He who has ears, let him hear. As I look around, these ears are holding up this microphone and my glasses. But I think most everybody in this room has ears. We are called to listen to God's word. Hear the implanted word in your life, James says. Secondly, practice practice living the word. Look at verse 22 through 25. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. If anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror, and after he's looking at his face, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that's given freedom and continues to do this, not only forgetting what he has heard, but also doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. How often do you ever look at yourself in a full mirror? We, we kind of have one at the house. I guess we really don't. Karen can't see it, but I can. Uh, if you get far enough in her kitchen away from the mirror that's on the wall, I can see everything. I can see my whole body. When I go to shower and shave in the morning, this is what happens to me. I know it's going to be hard to believe. I, used, I know that Ron understands what I'm saying. I used to, I used to have a 46-inch chest, all right? Now I've got a 46-inch waist. But you know what I can do? I can look in that mirror, and if I squint hard enough, and suck up enough, I can say, yeah, yeah, there you are. I see you. I know you. And God calls us, James is calling us, to look in the mirror, to look at our lives, and to recognize what it means to understand God's presence with us that we wouldn't simply be listening to the word and forgetting the message but that we would be understanding the word and in doing so yielding our lives completely to him psalms 119, 10 not psalms 119:11 listen to what God's word says to us i seek you with all my heart do not, do not let me stray from your commands. Your word have I hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you? Are you running after God's truth? Are you chasing it down? Do you desire it? Can you not do anything but do that? I have heard, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only my whole life. And usually when I hear it is I recognize that I'm not either listening. And I'm not doing. God calls us to listen and do what we're called to do. Paul says it this way. He says, For it is not, this is in Romans 2.13, For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared the righteous. I'll tell you this. This is a Texas story. I'll make it quick because this, this is not in the sheet, but it's there. When we were in Texas, I heard this story. It's about a preacher, a young pastor that just graduated from Southwestern Seminary. And he'd gone to West Texas, and he was out there. And uh, He also had his degree from uh, A&M, so he was also an agronomist. So he went one day to a bunch of farmers, ranchers, excuse me, they would tell me the guys down there would if I called them farmers. But he went to these ranchers and he talked to them for over two hours about what they needed to do to make their crops, to make their cattle, to take care of the problems that they had. And then he also told them about a relationship with the Lord. And after he was through, he went to a guy he knew. And he said, well, Brother Smith, what do you think about my talk? And Brother Smith looked at this young man, and he said this, Well, son, I already know how to ranch a lot better than I do. Is that where we are this morning? It's not enough to hear the law. It's not enough to quote Scripture. It's not enough to memorize passages, chapters from God's Word. It's enough when we do it. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. We are called to yield ourselves to the truth of God's word. And when we see that evidence, there's a change. We talked about this in Sunday school, in Bible study this morning. People ought to see that change in our lives. They ought to recognize it. And it may be that you have lived a terrible life and all of a sudden they see a remarkable change. So what about somebody, this is where it's really scary. I've been a believer for over 60 years. And sometimes in my life, I'm sure I forget to check my picture out because I've forgotten what it looked like. James talks about this. Paul talks about it too. This is the mirror or like it that James would have had. The reflection is not really very great. This is why it was easy to forget. It's kind of vague. It's kind of loose. It's not there. And Karen even polished it before we got here. But this is why it's so easy for us to forget. We forget what we look like to those people around us. We forget about the sin that's so evident in our lives when what people need to see in our lives is the love of the Savior the Word working through us. And the Word became flesh. That is where we need to be. And that is what James is so diligently working to try to communicate to me. Don't put on an act. Don't put on a show. Don't try to be something that you're not. Just tell people about what Christ is doing in your life. Tell people what Christ has done in your life. Tell people of the hope that you have eternally because of that personal relationship that you have with your Lord and Savior. That's what James is calling us to. That's what it means for us to live the Word. The Word is in us, and the Word is alive because of God's love for us. The message is pretty simple, but sometimes it's hard for us to live out one final point that we see one final point that James shares with us about what it means to be living the word and that is that you and I would live the truth of the word in everything we say and do James 1 26 and 27 if anyone considers himself religious yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue he deceives himself and his religion is I'm looking are y'all watching are y'all reading worthless religion that god our father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world the second one is easier than the first one it's hard to watch what we say isn't it The next thing you know, when we walk out of this building, if we're not careful, we'll be talking about other people. Let me tell you about Bill. Let me tell you about Mary. Let me tell you about what's going on in their lives, the problems that they have. Why do we do that? Why do we do that? God's Word makes it real clear. You know what that is? That's backbiting. We are not to be about backbiting. We are about to be building up the body of Christ, not tearing it down. And if you find yourself saying or doing something that looks like it's tearing down the body of Christ, most likely it's tearing down the body of Christ. And it's pretty simple. What does James say? Stop it. Don't do that. Because this is not of God. It's not God's word. It's not God's desire that you would live this way. But there's a second thing. What is it that you and I would be here to make a difference in the lives of widows and orphans? When's the last time you went to an orphanage? I would tell you, for almost eight years, over eight years, Karen and I worked at Baptist, excuse me, Buckner Orphans Home. That's what B O H is what it said. You'll have a hard time finding an orphan zone anymore. So what do we do? We live in a community, in a neighborhood, that has countless children. I don't know. I didn't see. I don't need to know right now. They sit up front. You don't know. Y'all don't see them. Many of you don't. If you're a guest here with us today, you wouldn't know. They sit up in the balcony and they're dismissed sometimes. That's what Nick was talking about next Sunday. That won't be the case. Regularly on Wednesday nights... We have throngs of students here, children and teenagers. We seek to make a difference for Christ by sharing the good news with them. If all we do is give away candy and give away Cokes and give away pizza, we've missed the boat. But I know better than that because I know the teachers that are in those classes and I know the message that they share of a savior who gave his life for them that they might have that same personal relationship with a living and loving God who gave his one and only son to die on Calvary's cross for us. That's what they share. That's the message they share. And we need to continue to share with them. I think about Betty, and I think about Larry Palmer. Why do you think they go out to eat every Thursday? Is it every Thursday? Or is it once a month? Once a month, seems like every Thursday to me. Somebody in this church is ready to go eat every, every day of the week. That's, that's the way it works. But the message that God shares with us is that we, why do we do that? Why do you think they do that? It's to be there as the body of Christ together. It's why we meet here on Sunday morning, that we would be the body of Christ, encouraged, strengthened, and taking that message that Christ has shared with us and sharing it with a lost and dying world, Christ gives us this gift of life in him. He's given everyone who is in our neighborhood and our community that life is a life gift that he shares. What are you doing with the life Christ has given you in him? Are you sharing that message? Are you being a doer of the word and not a hearer only? My image of that is somebody with huge and mine are pretty big, of huge ears, but no mouth. God calls us to share that message. All we have to do is listen and hear. Please join with me in prayer. Father, this day we come to you and we thank you for your love for us. Father, I thank you for that sound. <laughs> That is the sound of life, Uh, and if you're at home listening, you may not be able to hear it, but it is the message of a baby crying. We thank you for that message, for Father, it tells us that we are alive, and in that life, Father, we have a responsibility to share with those who are around us, our family members, our friends, our neighbors, the good news of what Christ has done for us, And how he has turned our lives around. Father, if there's someone here this morning who's never trusted Jesus Christ, my prayer would be they would pray this prayer. Father, I come to you right now knowing that you're listening to me. That you love me and that you care for me. And that you sent your one and only son to pay for the sins that are mine. On Calvary's cross. And when I claim him as my Lord and Savior, all those sins are washed away. Whiter than snow, yes, whiter than snow. That's the message, Father, of salvation that comes to us. And my prayer would be if there's someone that has made and said those things, everything, I just give it all to you, Father. And I trust Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I want to follow him in believers' baptism. And I want to be a part of this congregation as we seek to share the good news of Jesus Christ in this part of Evansville, Indiana. That is what it means to be a part of the body. Help us, Father, to listen to your call for us and understand it requires a commitment on our part. And that would be very simple. That we would no longer just be hearers of the word but that we would be doers of the word we thank you for that love for it comes to us through your son Jesus and it's in his name we pray amen thank you for tuning in to another service with Grace Baptist Church if you would like to contact us all of our information is available on our website gbcevansville.org you can also contact us through all of our various social media accounts or you could just give us a call. We'd love to hear from you.